Class is in session. Are you ready for report card time? Plus, we're giving you a Hall of Fame vote for 2022. Who are you putting in? Locked on Cubs, coming up next. You are Locked on Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, Cubs fans. Happy Tuesday to you. Thank you for making Locked On Cubs your first listen every day. Locked On Cubs is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This episode brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and even negotiate better deals on the ones you want to keep. Happy Tuesday. Great to have you with us. I'm Andrew Bellison. Thanks for being with us here today. Really, really means a lot. We're going to dive into a lot of great Cubs baseball stuff here on a Tuesday morning. We appreciate you tuning in every morning with us on your drive to work, on your way to school, at home. It means the world. Every download. Seriously, please. If you like the show and the podcast, tell your friends. If you don't, pretend like this never happened. At Chicago Cubs PA on Twitter, at Lockdown Cubs for the show's Twitter. Please engage with us socially. It's a slow time out there. MLB is locked out. Come on, let's talk. Makes it a lot more fun for you. And for me, I know that for sure. Great stuff on tap today. Our ballpark food tour storms on, almost cracking the top five. I know you're excited as I am as well. Cubs report card for what they've done thus far, free agent and otherwise pre-lockout. So class is in session up to date. Maybe more moves post-lockout that could make that grade better. We'll see. But first, Hall of Fame 2022. Before you know it, it'll be a gorgeous July summer day in Cooperstown, New York, with a slight breeze and the sun in the sky. And the Hall of Fame class of 2022 will be on stage and baseball will be back. But for now, it's winter. There is no baseball. So we're going to pretend that we're voting for the Hall of Fame today, as if you were a baseball writer and got to vote for 2022's class. Now, we do know because we talked about it on the show prior that some people are already going in for 2022. Here's who is already in. Gil Hodges, Jim Cott, Minnie Minoso, Tony Oliva, they were all elected by the Golden Days Era Committee about two weeks ago or so, maybe a little less. Then Bud Fowler and Buck O'Neill were chosen by the early baseball era committee. So those six gentlemen already will be inducted in 2022. It's a great topic. I mean, I love it. Like this invokes so much passion and fury from people. I'm, I'm 34 years old. I'll be 35 in February. And, you know, a lot of these guys on the ballot now are guys I grew up rooting for and guys who are obviously linked to performance enhancing drugs. And that just, it, that just makes, you know, makes for the conversation to be that much more interesting. Um, the Baseball Writers Association of America will vote. Those votes will be tallied at the end of January to make up the rest of the Hall of Fame class for 2022. If 
they elect anybody in with Hodges, Cott, Minoso, Oliva, O'Neill, and Fowler. They do not have to elect someone. You need 75% of their vote to get elected to baseball's Hall of Fame. Okay, there are 17 former players that are returning to the 2022 Baseball Writers of America ballot after receiving at least 5% of the votes in 2021. That's how it works. You got to get at least 5% to stay on the ballot, 75% to get in to Cooperstown. So here's the 17 returning. Kurt Schilling, Barry Bonds, Clemens, Scott Rowland, Omar Vizquel, Billy Wagner, Todd Helton, Gary Sheffield, Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, Manny Ramirez, Sammy Sosa, Andy Pettit, Mark Burley, Tori Hunter, and Bobby Abreu. That was in order of most votes in 21 to the least. Schilling had 71.1% of the vote in 2021. He almost got in last year. Of all of the steroid-tied players, Bonds had the most votes in 2021 with almost 62% of the votes. Is this the year that he gets in? Here's the thing about that. Barry was a hell of a ball player before he was linked to any of these PEDs. I mean, you remember him when he was on the Pirates or at ASU back in the day? My goodness. So good. And to see that you know, whatever happened with him um, and and how he bulked up and hit all the home runs in San Francisco and, and, and whatnot, you know, did he need that? The guy's probably a Hall of Famer without all that, which is frustrating to me as a baseball fan. Clemens was second um, of those linked to the steroid and performance enhancement drug uh, conversations last year, just behind Bonds, two tenths of a percent behind Bonds was 61.6%. Does Roger get in this year? I want to, I want to talk about some of the first timers that are coming in to the ballot for the first time eligibility. Now, after they've been out of the game long enough, these guys are all debuting on the baseball writers association of America ballot here in 2022. Very rare that you get a first-time guy on the ballot elected in. But here's that list. Carl Crawford, Prince Fielder, Big Ryan Howard, Tim Lincecum, Justin Morneau, Joe Nathan, David Big Poppy Ortiz, Jonathan Papelbon, Jake Peavy, A.J. Pierzynski, A-Rod, Jimmy Rollins, and Mark Teixeira. Will any of those guys get elected this year? I, no, I don't think so. I really don't. Will some of them not receive enough of the vote to stay on the ballot for the following year? That's a very good possibility. Less than 5%. And adios. Steroids, no steroids, guilty, speculation, lying testimonies, et cetera, et cetera. Where do you draw the line for these guys, for your Bonses and your Clemenses, who had good showings in 2021? Almost 62% of the vote. Again, need 75. Could this be the year? Then go to the, the back end of that list then. Guys who really had bad showings in 2021 but are still linked to that. The Manny Ramirez's. This is sixth year on the ballot. Only 28% last year. How about our own Sammy Sosa? Tenth year on the ballot. This is it for him. You only get 10. He had 17% of the vote last year. Now enters his 10th and final season 
on the Baseball Writers Association of America ballot. And if he does not get in, he does not get in through the BBWAA vote. This is it for him. Clemens, Bonds, also 10th and final year. Hear the clock? It's ticking. Explain me this, and I know what prevailed with the jury testimonies with Palmero and Sosa and McGuire and Bonds' linkage to Balco. How does Barry Bonds take a 62% of the vote last year and Sosa only has 17? These guys aren't lumped into an equal category of performance-enhancing drug users? I just don't understand. I, I don't know if any of us will ever understand because everyone's got their own opinion, which is totally fair. And if I was a writer that was granted a Hall of Fame vote, how cool would that be, man? Talk about pressure. I don't know where I'd stand on the Sosas and the Clemens and the Bonses. Like I said, phenomenal players before any linkage to PEDs. So frustrating is, you know what, that they did what they did to accomplish what they accomplished when they didn't need it in the first place. You speculate that they were guilty, but weren't actually ever hit for it. So should that warrant them not being in Cooperstown? It's such a difficult, this era of players will forever be carrying this cloud. And this is the era that I grew up with. So I'm partial to these guys because I looked up to them as a kid. It's a storm that won't pass this era of players. So should any of them really be welcome to Cooperstown? I'm going to take a different approach. I want to tell you about my Hall of Fame ballot. Players that revolutionized their respective positions. Stood out, went above and beyond. Players that could you could put at their position and today would be welcomed by any team in baseball, no matter who they already had play in that position. My ballot is small. I, I want Sosa to be in Cooperstown, but then again, you don't. Uh, more, to, more on him later. Here's my quick ballot. This year, 2022, Jeff Kent. Here's why. Second base. Blossomed later after playing with the Jays and the Indians. You know him best probably from the Giants, maybe. Playing with Barry Bonds. Most all-time home runs for a second baseman with 377. Over 1,500 runs driven in. Third most all-time for a second baseman. Fourth most doubles by a second baseman with 560. Second all-time slugging percentage with a second baseman at 500. He was the National League MVP in 2000. Hit 334, 33 homers, 125 ribbies. Five-time All-Star, four-time Silver Slugger. Jeff Kent, from the second base position, put out numbers at the plate that were crazy. I'm voting him in. Call me nuts. Omar Vizquel, shortstop. 24 years he played. 2,877 hits. Fifth most ever among shortstops in Major League Baseball behind Jeter, Wagner, Ripken, Robin Yount. Pretty darn good company. 11 gold gloves. 11. Second most ever for a shortstop. The Wizard, Ozzie Smith, had 13. Career 985 fielding percentage. Best ever for an MLB shortstop. Played 24 years. 985 career fielding percentage. Led the league in fielding percentage six times. 2,709 games played at shortstop. Most ever. 1,744 career double plays turned. Most for a shortstop of all time. The model of consistency. Omar Vizquel, he's got my vote. 
That's it. I'm done. I know. It's crazy. Two guys? Come on. Honorable mentions that I really toyed with. The Sosas, the Bonds. I mean, you can't argue with the numbers regardless of how they got there. I know. Where do you draw the line? I, I don't have a solution for this. Mark Burley, we watched him pitch here in Chicago for the wrong side. The model of consistency. Never had the sexiest numbers, but was always just so good. Hall of Fame worthy? Probably not. 210, 215 wins. But, man, just so underappreciated, if you can even say that. Uh, Todd Helton mashed the you-know-what out of the ball, the splits between Coors and, and away games. I mean, while he was a good hitter on the road, it just it, it sucks. that he. It stinks to me that he played at Coors Field. The guy was a great player, and I don't want that to tarnish him, but Hall of Fame worthy with the splits the way they are? No, not to me. Andrew Jones, up until age 30 season, guy was a, a surefire first ballot, revolutionized center field defensively, hit the, you know, hit the wall, dive. I mean, phenomenal defender and was a 25-30 home run guy, 25-30 stolen base guy. I mean, he hit, hit, hit. But then injuries, the last four or five year, years of his career, just really bad. Um, so honorable mention for me, probably, you know, probably never gets in. Any of these steroid guys, I don't know. But I'll say this. Forget Cooperstown for Sammy Sosa. Forget about it. Bring him back to Wrigley Field. Welcome him, him back into the Cubs organization. Throw a first pitch. Sing the stretch. I know 40,000 people that would be front row. I'd be one of them to see him welcome back to Wrigley. That would be cool. Children beware. It's that time of year. Report card time next. Before we hit to that, though, Cubs fans, it's been a very interesting offseason already, and it won't be long before pitchers and catchers report, we hope. I'm going to give you the inside track on the absolute best fantasy baseball platform in the industry. I don't know if you've heard of it or not. It's called Fantrax. Fantrax is the most customizable MLB fantasy platform offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty, keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. Create or join a fantasy league, commissioner league, invite your friends, dominate your draft this season. It's also the top dynasty fantasy baseball platform in the entire industry. Among the most trusted names in fantasy since 2008, Fantrax invites you to sign up today for free. It's free. If you do, get this, you'll be entered to win an official MLB signed Fernando Tatis Jr. Baseball. That's right. All you have to do, go to Fantrax.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and use the promo code Tatis, T-A-T-I-S. When you sign up, and you'll be eligible to win the official MLB signed Fernando Tatis Jr. autograph baseball. If there's anything lacking in your current fantasy league manager, Fantrax likely has it. Don't miss the opportunity. Sign up today. Official MLB signed Fernando Tatis Jr. baseball. Just go to Fantrax.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and use the promo code Tatis. Does this sound familiar to you? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the other stuff. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment, get it all together, no hassle, and a great way finally exists to get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. Went over to my best friend's house to drop some stuff off the other day. He goes, I got to show you this new gadget I got. Turns on direct TV stream. I said, we literally read this promo on Lockdown Cubs, part of the Lockdown 
podcast network every other day, and I never seen it in action. It's really cool. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. Compatible device is required. Check it out today. I know that you're going to like it. No annual fees, no contract. Really, really good stuff. When we return, report card time. We roll on, locked on Cubs. More to come. I'm Andrew Bellison. Pleasure to have you back with us here on Locked On Cubs at Chicago Cubs PA for myself on Twitter at Locked On Cubs for the show. I want to thank you sincerely for making us your first listen every morning. I mean it. Every view, every download, we appreciate it. I just love talking baseball with you, and I hope you enjoy the things that we've been discussing in an otherwise slow time here with uh, Major League Baseball being locked out. This episode's brought to you by Truebill. Truebill's the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. So let's give the Cubs a grade. Let's give the whole NL Central a grade. There was some action um, before the deadline, or I'm, I'm sorry, before the lockout. Cubs made some moves. Trade-wise, they acquired outfielder Harold Ramirez from the Guardians for cash. Free agent-wise, we talked at length about it. Marcus Stroman, three years, $71 million. Jan Gomes behind the dish, two years, $13 million. Clint Frazier, million and a half bucks for a year. Love this move. I think this could be huge for this team off the bench, or maybe more. Michael Hermosillo for a year, 600000 The waiver claim of Wade Miley from the Reds back before all of those moves as well, that kind of flew under the radar unfairly. That's going to be really a big deal. Uh, I think we're going to look back on it and, and, and love that move, but we'll see. Uh, General Manager Carter Hawkins obviously hired in the offseason, hitting coach Greg Brown as well. Got to like what the Cubs have done, and I'm going B minus B for a grade here thus far early on. They're focused on improving their rotation, which was clearly a need. And they knew that, and they went in, and they were very proactive with it. Wade Miley on a very team-friendly $10 million next year. And here's why I like Miley. This is like a two-fold thing. Here, here, let me play out two different scenarios. The group you assemble comes in, plays really well. The young guns are playing as good as they can. The vets, nice compliment. You're suddenly a team that's five, six, seven, eight over. You're hanging at the deadline. Well, everyone outperforms what they're expected to do a little bit, and suddenly you might have an 85, 86, 87 win team. Well, Wade Miley, probably going to play a big part of that. Now, on the flip side, and we don't, we hope this doesn't happen, but this retooling that you're in, things go poorly. They go really poorly. And at the deadline, you're you're deep out. And it's sell time again to a certain extent, which I, I don't, you know, we don't hope, we hope that isn't the case. But Wade Miley going to have a lot of suitors, you would think, if he pitches to the numbers that he has the last several years and could be one of those very interesting, you know, Scott Feldman kind of deals for Jake Arrieta, Pedro Strope down the line you see oh yeah in three years they flipped him for wade miley and look what he's doing now so i mean either way win-win i mean we hope that we see miley make 30 starts for a playoff team here in 2022 but love that move and don't think it was talked about necessarily enough stroman is a ground ball machine we've talked at length about it almost 60 percent ground ball 10th most ground ball outs in the entire league last year that's going to translate well to Wrigley Field. 
He'll be a fan favorite on the north side for sure. The Jan Gomes thing, love it. Compliments Wilson so well. Great catching tandem. Clint Frazier, super high reward potential, very low risk. Have to love that as well. B minus B for the Cubs. Are they done? We don't know. They were linked to Carlos Correa. There was other talks when the lockout was implemented a week and a half or so ago. They were tied to Danny Duffy for the rotation, then found out he needed a fairly severe uh, arm surgery that's going to keep him out until March and won't pitch probably in live game action until middle of summer, so he's not going to be a rotation candidate. They're probably not done. Jed Hoyer said they were going to spend money and be very proactive addressing the needs that they have to, and they did, starting pitching. The, The rotation has really taken shape in the last two, three weeks. They need another infielder, predominantly a starting shortstop. So that's going to be where, where things get very interesting after the lockout as we see teams kind of maybe scramble and make up for lost time. I like what the Cubs have done. Let's take a brief look at the rest of the division. Cincinnati has been very quiet. Uh, D at best. They traded away Tucker Barnhart to the Tigers for a third baseman, Nick Quintana. They've been very quiet. Uh, Barnhart was a two-time gold glover. Um, I, I don't really understand why the Reds traded for another third baseman when they have Mustakas and Senzel and Jonathan India and Eugenio Suarez under contract already. A lot of Reds fans still ticked that they let Wade Miley walk uh, through the waiver deal with the Cubs. So D minus D for the Reds. Very, very quiet. Um, again, who knows what happens after the lockout. Brewers have made a bunch of smaller kind of under-the-radar moves, guys who were maybe playing elsewhere or former high-round picks. Um, Again, very high reward potential, low risk in terms of dollars, which is kind of making sense for a smaller market team like the Brewers. They acquired Hunter Renfro from the Red Sox for Jackie Bradley Jr. That's a big deal. David Hamilton um, and Alex Benellis acquired Infielder Mike Rousseau from the Rays, Evan Reifert, um, acquired pitcher J.C. Mejia from the Guardians for a player to be named, signed Pedro Severino, catcher, signed another catcher, Brett Sullivan. They lost Avisel Garcia in free agency, but he did a good job getting Hunter Renfro in right away um, to combat that move. Overall, Brewers, uh, nothing you know, crazier, shattering moves. We'll give them C+, plus, just kind of. Middle of the row. That, listen, that's a great team. It's a really good roster. Nothing dramatic is needed. Pittsburgh, we'll give them a C. They traded catcher Jacob Stallings to the Marlins uh, for a few pitchers and an outfielder. They brought in Jose Quintana on a very friendly $2 million deal. So he's back in the National League Central again. Um, Andy Haynes was hired as their hitting coach. What the Pirates did is they cashed in one of their best assets, which I just mentioned, which was Jacob Stallings, the gold glove catcher, to the Marlins for three players. But Stallings is 31 years old and wasn't going to be their catcher when they're ready to compete, so it made sense. Pittsburgh, outlook next year, probably not great. How about the Cardinals? We care about them too, right? Uh, we're going to grade them out at about a C- minus or a C. They brought in Steven Matz, who the, the Cubs were linked to, potentially, four-year, $44 million deal. Uh, made a couple of small waiver claims. Um, some people expected the Cardinals to land like a Max Scherzer, Robbie Ray, Stroman type. Um, maybe there was a little surprise that they focused on a Mats instead. 
Coming off arguably his best season, he was 14 and 7, 382 earned run average, 29 starts for the Jays. Um, but he allowed more than one hit per inning pitched. And, I, you know, we'll see how he translates over to the National League um, now with the Cardinals. You know, obviously the Cardinals, their season didn't end like it had hoped. Uh, manager Schilt, Mike Schilt fired. And anyway, n- relatively quiet for the Cardinals. Average grade so far in the market. But we'll see how things shake out after the lockout. Should be fun. In terms of leading the way division-wise, Cubs most active, biggest moves. I love it. B minus B, more to come, we hope. Who's hungry? We're going to crack the top five almost in our ballpark food tour, worst to first, and the best food offering at each ballpark. So good. Heard a lot about stance lately, I'm sure. Um, they just launched a brand new line of active apparel. It's holiday gifting time, and Stance is the coolest gift you can give, really. Share how incredibly comfortable this stuff is with your friends because it's no joke. It's well-made, too. Their socks, their shirts, their underwear, apparel that we'd always have to settle for, but now Stance has essentially made it fun. They were founded in 2009. They represent a radical reinvention of socks, undies, active apparel. Sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. Have you seen some of their new uh, new genres? They've got Star Wars. They've got The Office. They've got Harry Potter, Disney, Major League Baseball. What do you like the most? Check them out today. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. That those who feel good, do good. Go see for yourself. Use promo code LOCKEDON at Stance.com. That's promo code LOCKEDON at Stance.com and get 15% off your purchase. Check them out today. Lockdown Cubs rolls on. I'm Andrew Bellison. Welcome back to the podcast at Chicago Cubs PA. Andrew Bellison, Lockdown Cubs, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Ballpark Food Tour Top 10 continues this has been fun checking out food all around major league baseball number 10 on our list we head to atlanta and truest park anything at waffle house in section 311 is a winner since fans in georgia need something to wash down the cultural insensitivity of the tomahawk chop they can turn to the south's greatest export waffle house and yes truest park has a waffle house in house why wouldn't they Waffle House, Truist Park, Atlanta Braves, number 10 overall on our list. Let's keep it out east for number nine in our top 10 of worst to first. Number nine overall, Baltimore Orioles, Oriole Park at Camden Yards. This is tough to beat. Friends of our family own a crab shack in Maryland. I mean, crab cake sandwich from Harris Creek Oyster Bar. Are you kidding me? Bucket list for me, Oriole Park at Camden Yards. This would be the first stop on my list. I mean, there's so many choice eats in Baltimore. The best dish, definitely a tough choice. Book Powell's got his barbecue joint there. I mean, you could teeter, but a crab cake sandwich from Harris Creek Oyster Bar. Come on. When you're in Baltimore, you got to have crab something. Number eight on the list, Cleveland Progressive Field. Hear me out. A grilled cheese from melt 
this is a bonkers it this is a bonkers sandwich um they have the parmageddon which is loaded with pierogies and cheese yes on a sandwich um you have a build your own taco situation by the lands food truck which is really good option as well uh lots of burger options um but the best would be the grilled cheese from melt it's probably considered the best grilled cheese in the nation. And again, when it has pierogies, cheese, and bread, it's hard to go wrong. Carbs, 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 carbs. Progressive Field, eighth best food overall. How about the pierogi grilled cheese from Melt? That's their best offering overall. Seven, six, five tomorrow. Then we crack the top five, working our way to the best food in Major League Baseball. Tons of great stuff. Uh, in tomorrow's show as well. Again, our food tour rolls on. We're going to talk about some uh, some Cubs you may have forgotten about from yesteryear and also break down the Cubs infield sitch as it stands right now and see if they're going to do anything. Thursday's show also going to be great. The voice of the Iowa Cubs, Alex Cohen, joins us to talk Iowa Cubs. Some young arms we, we may see up in the bigs in 2022 and much, much more. The pleasure was mine. Thank you for being with us today. Truly, it means the world to me. Thanks for making us your first listen here on Lockdown Cubs. For your second listen, check out Lockdown Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and info insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. This has been Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Andrew Bellison. Happy Tuesday. We'll see you mañana.